Don't even tell me. Oh. Surprise you me. Don't, you don't want to know? I don't want a segue. Wow. I want you to hit me right between the freaking eyes with it and see, okay. and see how I can handle it. Okay. All right. Let's go for it. Okay. Welcome to the Metacast. I'm John Hanneson. Okay. Okay. Oh, 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 oh. Trying to be more no nonsense at this point. Have you ever thought, Josh, what it's like to be inside my head? It's a scary place. This episode has zero prep. That that's actually true. I there know. was no prep on this. Normally, we're very light on prep. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, really, <laughs> Mister Mister Non Prep. This yeah. is zero prep because that's what Bob wanted. He said he wanted I me to hit, hit him me. in the hit face with, it. with the right topic. The f- I didn't say hit me in the. Well, I did. You between did the say eyes. that. Yeah, between Not in the, the eyes. face. Well, you, it's you part of your face. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so lay it out there, Josh. okay, Joshua. All right, Robert. Engineering managers. Yes. Are they a part of the team or not? Ooh. And when I say team, I mean like a scrum team. All right. And how do they interact? What ceremonies should Are they, they part go of the to? Team or not? Are they allowed to go so to? So this is like a basic, well, this is tactical. Tactical. Oh yeah. my God, you nailed this. I, that's what I do, Bob. You just, right, right, man, bullseye. Yeah, right yeah. between the eyes. Right between, <laughs> right between the eyes. I'm going to say no, they're not. Okay. I'm going to start out at, at the meta level. Wow! Holy cow! <laughs> and and then we can go down from there. Everybody just switched podcasts. I know <laughs> <laughs> they did. They did. The click. <laughs> what a moron! No, I'm I'm going to say no. They're not. Mm-hmm. To boldly say no, they're not. They're right. not part of the team. They're never part of the team. Right. Right. Do you agree with that? I agree completely. Oh, okay. I agree. So then, what are we going to talk about? Is that that's a quick Metacast? Yep, we're done. Hey, Metacast <laughs> for beautiful downtown Cary, North Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, a thing that's come up a bajillion times in my career is what role do the engineering managers play? Like, if they're not a part of the team, why are they there? What do they do? Should you even have them? Bob can't drink now. He's spilling tea all over himself. I'll commentate. He's now furiously wiping his shirt with a napkin, trying not to laugh and spit it out. I don't think it's, I think he's going to be okay. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> he's he's trying to get me to stop. <laughs> okay. He did it. Okay. I did and it. And we're back. And we're back. <laughs> Gosh. You know, as you were, t- well, you made me laugh, but in my, probably, I teach this certified agile leadership class. Mm-hmm. You should come, have you ever, you should come sometime. Okay. You might, I, I'm inviting you. You oh, could, we could, you. we could just hang out sometime. Yeah. It's, it's probably the number one, it, it's not always a direct topic. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's a little more subtle. Yeah. But, but it's probably the number one challenge. Right. Like role. Yeah. Like what is my role? And I want, I want to play a role. Mm-hmm. And I want to get engaged, and I'm very uncomfortable. I like that, you know, trust, lack of trust comes into play. Yeah, it's probably the number one thing that I encounter in that class. Do, do you no number one thing? I'm trying to think is trying to figure out what managers do, mm-hmm. and they really want to get involved, and yeah. they really want to control, and they're not happy with me when we have this. But no, 
<laughs> you're, right. not, you're not supposed to do I mean, I dance around it and, and, and not, not artificially so, but I'll dance around it. And I talk about actually the way I attack it is I, we, I try to get them to talk about management versus leadership. Mm -hmm. Very often I, I try to, and when we've done face to face, I'll get folks to like do a flip chart with management stuff and leadership stuff. And what I'm trying to say is management stuff typically is team is more team related and to me, leadership stuff is less, it's about supporting the team, mm -hmm. like, like tactical versus strategy. So I'm trying to get them to shift their thinking, but th they still, most leaders are really uncomfortable letting the team go. Yep. And my theory on why that is such is because we are so lacking in good engineering leadership across the industry. Oh my God, this is going to be one of those metacasts where, you know, we didn't prepare and I'm like agree. This is like, I'm dynamically agreeing with you instead of like pre agreeing with yeah. you. Right. Yeah. Like there's no, yeah. Like, yeah. like I, I, I've talked about Pareto before, I think with you, like the 80%, mm -hmm. you know, the 80, 20 rule. And I actually think I've even, I think written a blog post or two about this more to my personal experience like sucky leaders or sucky yeah. manager and i'm not i am not taking cheap shots but poor leadership is probably one of our number one problems right like, and the the issue is poor leadership breeds poor leaders yeah and it's not oh it's like, I, yeah. it is not that people want to be bad leaders people want to do well the problem that so many people have is that the example that they grew up seeing wasn't great so in their mind yeah. that's what being a manager looks like yep and that can be challenged to like throw that to the side and say no i'm going to do this completely different than the way i was managed and i think that's the root of the problem and that creates a lot of mistrust as an engineer you may have had some bad leaders that were a part of your career and so now you have this inherent distrust of anybody that's a leader and you assume they're going to operate in that manner, which then becomes like a self-fulfilling prophecy. And that ultimately makes things way harder than it should be, which puts that engineering manager who's maybe trying to do, not maybe, but is definitely trying to do the best they can, that puts them at a deficit on day one because the team just naturally doesn't trust them. I mean, I'm trying to think of, I had some reactions to what you're saying. I mean, the number one reaction is I... I, I don't want to put it all on those that came before us, though. So one reaction I have is that I, I struggle with putting 100% of the burden on That's fair, yeah. those that came before us. Right, mm -hmm. My role models sucked, right? But I, I agree with you. Like in my history, I probably have out of 20 leaders that I've reported to, I'm just averaging, mm -hmm. I can think of three that were good ones. Yeah. So what is that? That's like 10, 15% or something. And I, I think that's representative of like society, right? Mm -hmm. Leaders and so I mean, you can look at our government. I mean, I shouldn't, I need to stop, right? But, <laughs> but no, yeah. I mean, in general, there's, I think leadership is poorly represented, mm -hmm. right? And people don't show up. So what is good leadership is missing. Good role models, good mentors is missing. Yeah. Yeah. But I do, I also think though that, you know, ego or you, you've had a few good ones, mm -hmm. right? So people have had a, a few good role models yeah. and, and they still are badly behaved. 
So then what's the self-fulfilling part of that? Okay, maybe my Uh, ego gets in my way or my power gets in my way or my, I don't know, but I'm trying not to put it all on them. Yeah, that's fair. It's, It's very scary to be a leader and to be ultimately responsible yet willingly relinquish a significant portion of control. Right, like the thing that I always think of is that head coach that's on the sideline during a game. He's going to work his tail off throughout the entire week, but when the whistle's blown and the ball's kicked off, his job is determined on whether they win or lose. But he cannot make the players make plays on game day. He has to work his tail off and hope he did a good enough job preparing them. And then the result will be the result, and those players won't get fired or they won't lose their scholarships, the coach will. And that, and that's, that's the position that so many leaders that you put yourself in when you volunteer to be a leader like that. So that's the, to me, that's that self fulfilling prophecy is that you've got to let go. You've got to accept that you're ultimately not in control and that's the people on your team and how you've coached them throughout their time with you that's going to determine whether they deliver like you had hoped because you can't be there for every keystroke of a product so i think letting go was a part of that personal thing yeah what was resonating with me outside of what you said was i was thinking courage yeah so i taught a i taught a cow class this week a private cow class to a to an organization and they took, uh, there's something called the Collective Leadership Assessment, which is a cultural survey mm-hmm. for a group of leaders. So it's not a 360, it's just a group and it aggregates it. And they scored, there's a reactive, so it's a circle, and there's a re, the reactive area of it is is more of the traditional leadership. And there's, a, there's three things at the bottom in the reactive quadrant or in mm-hmm. the reactive half of the circle. One of them is complying. And complying is going along to get along, mm-hmm. basically, right? Like not rocking the boat. Like if my boss expects me to be Attila the Hun, then yeah. then I will be Attila the Hun. Mm-hmm. Even if he doesn't tell me to do that, if that's the model, right? he's... So, so what I'm getting at is I think part of it, a personal, is having the courage to not comply yeah. when you know that it's wrong. Mm-hmm. Right when you know it's contrary to your team, and and this this group to a group, and you could see it, they were looking. You know, the language was that you know, for every problem they had to solve it, not me had to solve it. Right, they were looking outside themselves, and they're hoping for someone else would make it a better a better planet, mm-hmm. rather than making it a better planet yourself. So, independence and courage, I think, is a part of it, and that's and and that comes with danger. Right there's that, yeah. that's dangerous, right? You you're taking risks as a leader. I I think you've taken yeah. Right? We've talked about it, and now I'm taking away all the bravado or or you know metacasters don't you know we these are true stories, but all of the you know we embellish sometimes or we make it sound I I don't know how we make it sound, but it's it's it it's hard to I'm giving us credit I guess it's it's hard to to risk your job mm-hmm. for 
ethics or it's hard to risk your job for your team no matter how you're doing it it takes courage to do that and not everyone that's rare yeah i think that's rare to step out there so i i do think so i actually think this is probably from a personal perspective probably more impactful than just letting go is having this courage to do what's right for your team yeah no matter what it is. I, I know you've probably had hard conversations with leaders. Yeah, definitely. Like really yeah. hard freaking, I've had them. Yeah. I've walked into offices and I, you know, and it's, I wasn't, I didn't want to get fired. I didn't want to take a risk, but it was the right conversation to have. Yeah. And you know, your belly's roiling and things like that, but you're, but, but I, I joke sometimes, but if you want to be a leader, you have to lead. Yeah. Right. It's, it's called leadership. Yep. Right, so yeah. get off your ass and lead, and do it. And if you're going to do it, do it the right way. But I think there's a narrow section of people that can that that get there. Right yeah, there's a couple things that have shaped me and shaped how I operate as a leader. And I think if you go back to the eighty twenty rule, that's loosely accurate. It's directionally right. Right, I use that to my advantage. So I often now I had some very good leaders along the way that helped shape me, but the 80-20 rule, I use the anti-mentor approach where I said, I don't want to be that kind of leader. Yeah. When it's my opportunity, I'm not going to do that. So I built up all these things over my career where it was, okay, I'm not going to do that. What would I do? And I already had it built up in my head that when I reached that whatever it was, I had it shaped how I was going to operate because I had seen things I didn't think were right or didn't fit me or didn't create the type of leader that I wanted to be. And I used that to shape who I yeah. wanted to be. And yeah. then ultimately what it gets down to is you feel this responsibility for your team or yeah. for your role or for the thing that you're trying to yeah. build. And that's what drove me to have the conversations that were very uncomfortable. It was like, well, shit. I got to have this talk. I have to. Otherwise, I'm like letting the team down. That's what I said to this yeah. group. You know, they were looking for like what were the driving forces. And, and I didn't tell them what to do. But I said, for me, ultimately, what drove me was the impact it was having to teams. Yeah. Or to the organization or whatnot. So that, you know, the, the for the good of the team was one of the primary motivators for me. Welcome to the Diversity Inclusion Minute. So... so Josh. Yeah. So give me the list of what's happened. I mean, it's going to be a short list. So, I mean, we've been calling, we've been like calling out yeah, the people we threw out for challenges. Like weeks. Yeah. I mean, we, we've delayed a little bit in the Medicast. Yeah. It's lately, been a little bit. Right? Yeah. It's been a little bit, but I mean, the last, if I remember the last three or four Medicast, we've been like begging, pleading, trying to role model to get people to step up. Yeah. And there's been very little activity where we are measuring the activity. Maybe it's happening. And you haven't told us, but in our diversity and inclusion channel, in our Discord server, link below, there's very there has been chatter. I got excited, but it never snowballed like we hoped. So what are we gonna do, Bob? Are we gonna sit here and cry tears because it didn't work? No. We're gonna figure out what the heck we can do differently to actually drive this activity across the board. Yeah. Do you have any ideas? I hope so. Well, I mean, one thing 
I, I one thing I did do is I, I got involved, I think I mentioned in the last Metacast, Agile and Color is an Agile Alliance initiative. And I did mentor someone. He was from Peru, a guy who just wanted some coaching. And it reminds me, I have to reach out. I have to ping him because he's, he's supposed to set up a coaching right. session with me. But he had some pre-work. We, we had one coaching session. And I'm waiting for him to follow up. Well, I, so I think what I'll do is we'll ask our customers. We'll ask our listeners, what could we do better to enable you to take action or to enable us to highlight the actions you're already taking in the world of diversity and inclusion? That's ultimately what we want to do is we want to inspire others with your stories. And the approach we took with the Discord server isn't working. Cool. We tried that. Let us know what we can do differently. Well, I don't, I agree. Let us know. I don't think it was a Discord server thing or not. I think whatever the approach is, yeah. 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 I mean, what I'm going to do is I'm I have a I have a platform in my blog. Mm-hmm. So, I'm going to threaten you metacasters. I'm going to whine in the blog. Mm. Uh, and and the whining is going to be and it's not about the metacasters. I mean, I I may use it I may use us as an example, but there's this disconnect or this dissonance between talking and action. Mhm. And I think this is indicative of that. Yeah. I think I think what we're seeing is everyone talks, and very few people actually take action. Yeah. Right. And um, and there may be a variety of factors for that. So maybe if I vent a little bit about yeah. that and say, and and maybe put it on a broader stage and say, how the hell do we, how the hell we do, do we get action? What right. What are some of the ways to drive? Drive from knowing something's wrong to action. I am going to assume, I'm going to be very optimistic that it's happening. We just don't know it. So help us, help everyone by allowing us to highlight what you were doing, please. That's what we're here to do. And let's create some momentum. Yep. And we've also, one final point, we've said if you're struggling to equate, like, I want to do something, but I don't know what. Even asking us for ideation Mm -hmm. is what we want. So if you have some time or inclination, I'm Josh and I will, we're pretty creative and we've got some people we're working with. We can connect you with something. Agile and Color, go to the Agile Alliance site for God's sakes and sign. It's an open sign up. Yep. So sign up, sign up to coach and see what happens. All right. Back to the episode. I would like to take a and like turn 180 on the engineering manager role i believe it to be one of the most impactful roles in an organization when done well so i want to talk about what doing it well looks like and not just talk about hey you're not part of the team this is how you should lead you're not doing this you just gotta be courageous and do this like let's let's talk about what a great engineering manager looks like, what they do, how they accelerate entire teams or entire groups of teams, depending on the number of people that work in their org. But this is a cool metacast for me because it resonates so much with what I was doing last week in the cow. Yeah. So I, so first thing I'll tee up and see how you react to it is I think it's an inside out job. So what do you do? You change from the inside. You walk your talk. Mm-hmm. So so don't so become a good follower, right? So in order to become a good leader. Do you take directions well? Do you do you walk your talk? Continuous learning. Mm-hmm. Like, do you take risks? You know, you talk. It's easy to tell the team to do something. Are you doing it first? 
Are you showing the team what good looks like? So are you walking your talk? So I think I think I think from that point of view, it's an inside-out job. So so you want to be a so be a leader. Like like what are you doing personally? Are you learning? Are you making mistakes? Are you showing vulnerability? You do a great job of this, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like like and it's not show it; it's do it to show it. Yeah, right. right. So I think that's one thing to do is don't don't you know you don't run into your team and start. Yeah, you know it's not right. Like you're not Newt Rockney or something like that. Running into your team and telling it's it's a it's an inside out job. So I would say good leaders need to reflect. I mean, you did this. You were a role model just then. You said I looked at the anti patterns. I accrued a database of what of how I want to be, and when I get the I'm putting words in your mouth. When I get the damned opportunity. I'm not going to be them, which is, you had a choice. Yeah. I'm pointing a finger yeah. at him, Metacasters, <laughs> and I'm, I'm getting excited. But Josh had a choice, and he chose to be a great leader, but based on rolling in those anti-patterns. So that was an inside-out job to me. So one thing about that, when I had the opportunity, it was terrifying because I knew I was going outside the norm, and I knew I was putting everything on the line basically for my career as to whether all the things I thought I should do that I had never actually seen done, is it going to blow up in my face or is it going to work as magically as I had hoped for? So that was terrifying. But in the end, because I believed in it so much and my ideas weren't perfect, right? So it's not like I had all the answers and everything went perfectly smooth. No, it was, there were parts of it that were just a disaster. Yep. But through that learning, we got to a really good spot. The To me, a great engineering manager is a great partner so they partner with the scrum master they partner with architects they partner with the product owners product managers to solve problems what i see a lot of engineering managers do is they they restrict their partnership and they view it as it's my responsibility to fix all of this when in reality you have these teammates that are there to help you and and when that crew works together to help shape that team that's when the magic really happens. So to me, number one thing for an engineering manager to be really, really, really successful is to be a great partner. But I, I, I think also, though, to know what that means. So th- there's a book I'm reading right now, and it's about leading from f- the front, leading from the right, leading from the left, and leading from behind. Mm-hmm. And they talk about the dynamics of those dimensions. And so I think a good engineering manager leadership partner is is leading from the side as a partner or leading from behind, meaning it, you're not driving the outcome. Right. You're you're sort of supporting. You're providing ideas, but you're. You know that there's a quote of leaders that at the end of the day they didn't even know I was there. Mm-hmm. They did it on their own. Right. Do you know, that's what I'm trying to allude to. So I'm trying to soften that. So I can be a hard partner. Like I'm your partner, Josh, on the Metacast. And I talk 80% of the time. And Josh, the Metacast is Josh. That's true. And, and Josh feels, yeah, partner, blah, blah. You know, <laughs> kiss my partner, right? Here's your, so it's have a soft yes partner, but do it in a really self-aware way so that it's you're not driving you're encouraging right i that's what i'm I'm trying to envision this sort of partner from behind yeah would you agree with that or do you see it as a stronger role that is 100 percent. my my challenge to leaders in any 
organization in any role is if you go on vacation, what does the world like? What does that look like? Yeah. If, if the train keeps on rolling, then you've done your job. If you feel like you have to check in every day to ensure stuff makes it across the line or whatever, you're not actually leading. You know what scares me sometimes, Josh? Hmm. How aligned you and I are. It is terrifying. It is. Ever, Mostly for me. It's, and for me. I don't like looking at my future. <laughs> I, I, can't, I don't even know how to respond to that. That's, on many levels, that's, that's frightening, right? But you know, we are we are so. I I mean, I'm. It's like I'm looking at my clones sometimes, or it's it's. We're very much aligned that way. I. What else was I going to say? So, what does it look like? I w- I was going to say why, become a whyinator. I I say that in explain okay. why, connect the dots. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna roll up vision, mish the customer. Mm-hmm. Why what why do we do? Like like the translator, I would say a leader mm. is translating top to bottom, side to bottom, you know, the finance department. Why are we doing this from a CFO point of view or whatever? And really connecting the dots. And I, I, I think many leaders, you know, think that they do, do that once or do that in PowerPoint. And I actually think yeah. it's a continuous, Absolutely. almost daily thing. It's opportunistic. You don't walk around with a placard. But it's this. If if you see any confusion, any directional disconnect or confusion mm-hmm. whatsoever, you're like you're like a you pounce on it. Yeah. As a leader, so uh, you know why everywhere? Would you buy that? Yeah, and uh, I think the most important thing to take away from that is that it is a never-ending job. Yeah. You have to just continue sending that message over and over again, because people get focused on the work that they're doing, and it's helpful to have that reminder of oh yeah this is why we're doing that and that helps create better products and better teams and better everything well do you know how often i hear i don't know about you how often i hear that no one knows why we're doing this right other than work hard yeah other than work hard get this out by this date so the reason medication is i'm so passionate about all of these things is no one's doing it people are out there just working Mm -hmm. and now folks are like leaving jobs right there's like this this exodus of folks can work remotely so the folks that are just being told what to do, now they have choices. I yeah. mean, the good ones are going to leave. So you got to, I think as leaders, we have to provide this stuff. It's, it's more important now than ever, I think. Yep. One of the biggest challenges that I've seen in engineering managers that come into a really agile organization is they often over-rotate on empowering, enabling the teams. They don't engage enough. And I've had to have discussions with with folks of like, we hired you because of your unique, very specific experience. And we can't afford to put that knowledge and experience on a shelf in the closet. Like I need you out in there helping us get better with all of your experience, all of your knowledge, all of your Mm -hmm. thought, all of the ideas. But there's often the struggle of how do I plug in to a team and support them? But I think it is that why part that you're talking about that that's that's where you really come in and that's one area where it's it's almost a no-brainer you can come in and do that i i was thinking as you were talking what i get when i hear from a lot of leaders is they want they want a checklist they want to either tell me when like this agile leadership thing yeah when, when do when can i say something or when not they want it's like a light switch or something like that and and my answer 
nowadays it's always been it's a situation like people want it to be easy and i think it's embrace situational leadership it's like sense and respond so don't expect there to be a recipe so there are times when there are opportunities when you can go all in with your experience there are opportunities as a leader where you go in 50%. There's opportunities when you shut up. You have to decide situationally mm-hmm. on a team-by-team team basis, on an individual-by-individual individual basis. And a lot of leaders struggle with that because they think they want to just, they, they want to mail it in. It's yeah. like, you know, right, right. I just need it to be simple, Bob. And I'm like, well, I'm sorry, it's not. You And you have to be self-aware to figure out, oh, today I stepped in too far. Mm-hmm. Or today I stepped, I didn't step in enough, right? right? You have to be reflective to do that. And every situation, every team, every individual, every leader is different. So so, it's almost like suck it up and and sharpen your situational awareness. Right. So if I'm an engineering manager with deep experience in architecture and I'm watching and listening to the team and I can tell (laughs) this thing is not going to scale, it's going to be a disaster. Right. You have to be elegant and smooth about how you support them to get to the right answer without becoming the guy that has all the answers and tells people how to do stuff because then you don't scale, right? The team doesn't learn how to think like you think. And so now they're dependent upon you to always have the the answer or maybe they want to think that way and you never let them. So they end up leading. Sorry, leaving. But that's right. the point of this, right? It, so, so if you tell them everything, you failed. Right. If you say nothing, you failed. Yep. Right. Now, I'm sorry. Now, in the gray area, it's like figure something out. So, yep. what what would be some things to do? Ask questions. Yeah, exactly. Right. And maybe start with some soft questions, some softball questions, and not leading questions. So, just asking questions is not an open door. You have they have to be thoughtful. They have to be directed. They have to be non judgmental so ask and maybe you just throw some softball thoughtful questions out and see how people respond activate your patience you can also offline talk to a few people and you can do some offline influence yep. to folks on the team you can do that in parallel or you could do that next if the team continues down that path you want to become a little bit more prescriptive mm-hmm. because we don't want a failure i don't want the i don't want the organization to fail don't want that team to fail but again, you're not saving the day. You're trying to develop that. Mentoring, you can pull someone aside and you can show them some alternatives and things like that. So teach people to fish, but get active, I think, in the gray area. Would you buy all of that? Yeah, it, it's, it's without a doubt, it's difficult to find, to like really thread that needle consistently. So the part that Bob brought up about being reflective every day about, did I push in enough or did I go too far? and then adjusting how you operate, it will be different with every person and with every team. So there is not a formula, just like we said, that you can just apply because everybody's different with where they are in their career, with the maturity of the team they're on, with all of the things where you're going to have to really work to get it right. So what else? Being a great manager, you have something else in mind? Like what to do. Power of role modeling? Yeah. So I would say if you want transparency, be transparent. If you want fearless experimentation, experiment yourself. If you want folks to take risks and possibly fail at times and learn, then you take risks, fail, and learn and fess up to that. So model 
if you want these behaviors, the, these agile behaviors, if you not, if you want the team, that's one of the things I was saying in the class. Everyone is like complaining about other people. It's like, well, are you modeling the, qu yeah. the first question you should ask yourself? Is are you modeling the behaviors you're whining about? Yeah. Right? Are you are you leading by example? Does it a disservice? Are you modeled so that people can learn without you saying a word? Yeah. Right. It's like, oh, and and I actually think, at, at my advanced age, I think that modeling is one of the more powerful ways yeah. we can show up as leaders. And there are times when I get really explicit about the fact that we're going to run an experiment across our organization and like, we're going to see what works because if you do that and don't draw attention to it, people might not notice it. They might not pick. Now you don't do that every time you don't say like, yeah. Hey, I'm being transparent. Yeah. Right? You don't say that. Right. Yeah. But there's, there's times where you can really highlight. This is a big risk that I'm taking, but I believe it's the right thing to do for X, Y, and Z. And that starts to show people that, okay, this is how this person rolls and it's supported. So maybe I could try that. Exactly. Exactly. It's incredibly powerful. You're not, that's what you just described, Josh, to me is, is that's like modeling behavior. Sometimes you have to shine a light on it mm -hmm. so that folks get it. Um, but it's, it's also, you're, it, so modeling sounds like it's something that you're doing but you're also, t you're taking a risk too, mm -hmm. right? So it's it's like how you're, it's how you're being. Right. So yes, I'm talking, I'm being transparent, but you're, but my butt is also, I'm taking, I am signing up to a risk. It could fail. I could get crap about this. Yes, I'm willing to do that. Oh, these lights can go off. So I, th I think that can be incredibly powerful. What else? Relationships. I think that's part of the partnering stuff, right? No, no, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, oh. Partnering to me is professional partnering in roles and things like that, right? I'm partnering with okay. you. I'm talking about getting to know, like I just extended our relationships before, our, you're in my relationship before the Metacast. I realized that Bruce Springsteen oh is a triggering factor for you. Yeah. I never... Realize. Now, you may be using it maliciously on the Medicast, <laughs> but I also, that extended our relationship. I mm -hmm. learned something about you personally, right? We, So when I say relationship, it's getting to know someone, getting to okay. know their triggers, getting to know their desires, getting to know them personally, getting to know how they like to, how they like to, you know, get assignments. Right. It's not even work assignment. You know, like what motivates you, etc. So I, I'm teasing. I know it. I got you. Okay. But I'm teasing. I'm really relationship focused nowadays. Like, so people can, I want people to bring, you've heard this, bring your whole self to work. Yeah. For God's sakes. And, and part of, so to me, relationship building is inviting those, that whole part. If you have neurodiverse people, really spending the time to yeah. get to know them on your team and, and establish a, a and it's going to be a different relationship. So being comfortable with the uncomfortableness of those relationships. A lot of times folks don't bring that personal stuff to play. Yeah. I was being, uh, robotic in relationship versus partnership, because to me, the relationship enables a better partnership 
but I do think you're right. I, I yeah. no, I buy what you just said. Yeah, yeah, but I, I want to tease yeah. on partnering, and yeah. getting to know that person. You do a great job of this. So mm-hmm. nuance terminology aside, yeah. you like you you've not hired people and you maintain a relationship. I I think of yeah. one one yeah. young man that you you <laughs> yeah. interviewed for a coach or a scrum master job. Yep. And you've maintained you you established a relationship in the interview process, and you've maintained that relationship mm-hmm. over time. Yep. So you, you practice that, and and that's I think that's that's important in important in the job and outside of the job, right? Like for recruiting and things like that. That's those relationships you've had. Like if someone's I know people have left you. Mm-hmm. You know you worked at the dude with you and. I think this goes back to maybe a general practice. As a leader, you know, if you want to be a kick-ass leader, measure your effectiveness by would people work for you again? Would they refer their friends to you mm-hmm. to work for you? And I know people have yeah. done that with you, right? So it's it, it's are you are you, I don't know are you, a good legacy? Mm-hmm. Are you right? Yeah, the uh, similar thing that I look at that just warms my heart is very similar to shocking a football thing where there's like a coaching as I look across the area and other people that have been a part of orgs that I worked at that now are off leading their their own teams and not 100% doing exactly what we were doing but they took a flavor of it and it made it their their own but like you can still see some of the things that we worked on together they've carried with them and seeing that across the region is you know, just makes me so happy. Like that's ultimately what makes me the happiest. You're building a legacy that way. And I think that's a, that's an indication of strong versus weak leadership. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a measure that you can, you can take Metacasters yourself. Like, am I, am I creating positive relationships and, and am I seeing some of the activity that Josh is talking about? And if you're seeing none of that, I'm not beating you up, but, it's a self-awareness thing then maybe question what am i doing on that am i am i building am i doing the right thing mm-hmm. right am i treating people first am i walking my talk etc so i would use that as an indication to smack yourself a little bit and say and to do some deep reflection and i think if you did you know you might find some opportunities to improve yep what else i'm trying to think of what else i mean it might just be fork time you think so? I do. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to, Oh, well, no, I'm going to go with the future. So we talked about like road mapping. You do this. I, I think that's, let's end with this. Okay. That getting out in front of the team, you do it. If yeah. I remember you with the dude, you did a great job of, I need to get out. So if I'm not tactically involved in the day to day to the team, oh, okay, I gotcha. what the hell am I doing? I'll tell you what you're doing. You're blocking and tackling for the future. You're establishing hiring strategies. You're looking at technology strategies. You're looking down the road at customer needs. You're looking down the road at business needs. You're doing all of that stuff. You're you're establishing vision changes and mission changes. You're getting ahead of the... You're partnering not just with your team. You're partnering with HR. You're mm-hmm. partnering with accounting. You're partnering with marketing. You're partnering with the business units, etc. And what I just said is probably going to consume most of your time. So now I'm going to kick it over to you. But I, you did a lot of this stuff yeah. at the dude, if I remember, right? Yep. You were like out there. So yeah, you were 
you were tidying up the team, but you also were investing a hell of a lot of time, like sort of planning for the future. Would you agree? Yeah, that, that, that became my area of responsibility. And I viewed it as I need to do everything I can to set this group up to succeed. And that's my responsibility is not to do the succeeding, but to ensure they have everything they need to be successful. So that was, who are we hiring? How are we like marketing our brand? Right. Yeah. Brand, all of that, all of that stuff from a technology perspective, we're going to paint ourselves in a corner with this decision. What are the things that are happening that are out there that we need to make sure are a part of our roadmap. And I had a ton of partners that helped make that happen, but that, that was our job as the leadership group there was when we hire the right people and got them rocking and rolling, we had the capability to start looking forward. But so many people never get all those proper roles filled or people in the right roles to where you can actually dedicate time to that. And then that really accelerates the entire group. I mean, it's forget even if you have the right, I've always said it's leadership is like this tactical versus strategic and you have to do both well. Mm -hmm. And in this case, we're leaning into the the strategic side of things. You got to do both and you can't just get sucked up into the tactical when you're doing it, it goes back to doing it for your team. And, and it's, it's, it's a requirement to do that. It's whether you're partnering or not, you have to, I think you have to get ahead of the game. So I've I've said this before, that traditional a lot of traditional managers when they're going agile they're afraid of losing their job, mm-hmm. and and I mean this I've I've never terminated a manager in an agile transformation. Yeah, me either. Um, but their their role needed to shift to leadership. Mm-hmm. So I've terminated them if they couldn't make the shift. Because that meant that they were undermining. They were ineffective. They were ineffective and they were destroying the spirit of the teams and things like that. But it wasn't a headcount or a focus thing. This shift is actually, I think, more intense or it takes more time and it takes more finesse. So I'm trying to not scare anyone, Medicus. I'm trying to inspire you. It's like this leadership is where it's at. If If you're just, if you're watching the lines of code or something and you aspire to leadership, then take that risk that Josh was talking about, that scary, courageous mm-hmm. jump, and jump into it and do it the way we're describing it. Uh, because it matters. It matters so much more than tactical execution. And it matters to your team and to your organization. And it will matter to you. Yep. Stick a fork in it? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Hey, from beautiful downtown Cary, North Carolina, I'm Bob Galen. And I'm Josh Anderson. Shake. And big. Take care, y'all.